2: Do it. I just hit the button. Play the. What's going on, everybody? This is not Brian House, quite clearly. This is (laughs) Ben Butler coming at you in the studio, as Brian likes to say, with the one and only B. Cone, and today we are joined by a very special guest, the Commander-in-Chief of the Frog Pod (laughs) Army frog pot. mr tom with mr I, I frog himself i never actually
3: gave that a second of thought what my title <laughs> should be <laughs>
2: that's awesome
3: so is that general of the frog pot army commander in chief what oh, do you want man. to call yourself
4: i guess man. i mean i don't like any of that but i guess it would be commander in chief <laughs> because there is a there is a reward tier for general
2: oh there, there you, you go then <laughs> you're you, and, and i you're did buy, not buy uh, one facto, so. the, the commander in chief <laughs> You get to fly oh, in gosh. the in the Air Force One, you know, hold yeah. the hold the button, uh, all, all the codes, the new codes. We're, we're a couple
3: zeros away from that. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys so, are really successful. It sounds like today you just started your man. Kickstarter. yeah. Man, how how awesome is that? Was it like how quick was it that it sold out? Oh, four minutes. Four, well, not four sold out. Minutes.
4: Just to correct the verbiage, it's not you. It can't be sold out. Oh, it's okay. unlimited. My bad. Yeah, but. What you're referring to is the is the um, uh, the goal. So okay. it, it's yeah. fully yeah, yeah. funded in four minutes. DANG! Um, right, which was very cool. Now that's that's a little bit by design because you the the idea of your goal is to set it at a at a place where you can produce the thing for that much money, right? Right. So if I had to do injection molding, my goal would be like fifty thousand dollars, and it's failing yeah. right now. But yeah. that's not what i'm doing i'm 3d printing them so the, the the goal is a little bit artificial in my situation but it was cool it was cool yeah to see man that just get crushed yeah,
2: incredible so for folks that may not be familiar if if you aren't you need to become familiar <clears throat> tom uh probably most notably is is on instagram right as as infinite yeah. craftsman tom has probably the best stories on Instagram in my oh, opinion my, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> my boys and I, I, I like regularly go back and watch your finite Friday stories because <laughs> they are just hilarious <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks.
4: I mean that was that's all that's a spoof right like, yeah that whole thing totally. is a spoof on like the over the over uh, exuberant Instagrammer that just isn't yeah. isn't being real even a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And um, not I honestly I wish I were them because they all get paid well. But yeah. <laughs> at the same time I'm gonna make fun of them because it's ridiculous. It's,
2: it's like sham wow guy meets yeah. you know, the teeny <laughs> <Yeah>. bopper. <laughs> well
4: if you if you notice if you notice it's the intro and the outro are like twice as long as the actual meat of the, <laughs> <Yes>. the thing. <laughs> Welcome to Friday Fridays. My name's Tom. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to show you how to do this. Right. That was awesome.
2: <laughs> what was the, <laughs> the you, what I was the one where you're I'll like, you I'm going to show you how to make a plate or how to plane wood. How to plane wood. And I had to <laughs> toss it across, the,
4: toss it across <laughs> the room. <laughs> I try to keep them all very pun related, but it's, it honestly, it gets tough. I, yeah. I threaded a nut on my lathe one time and I just had this like one inch nut and I <laughs> literally had thread and I couldn't get it through. So I. I like lick the end of the thread like you do and put it through this like one inch
2: hole, um, and it's all just propped up on the lathe. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, but it, isn't it like that's so true? I like from time to time I'll have folks, and and I uh, I certainly have fallen into this camp right where it's easy to look at say a YouTuber's job or a content creator's job and say like shit that well you got to produce a video a week like come yeah. on man but. Man, the pressure behind it is like <laughs> holy hell. But you know, just coming up with enough finite Fridays to last 365 or you know, whatever 52 weeks well, it, a year is yeah. insanity.
4: <laughs> no, well, yeah, full disclosure, I don't. I, I right. do them when I get them, you know, like yeah. I do them when I think of them, yeah. And uh, it, it takes a spark for sure, right? Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: I wonder so, if that is something that you could absolutely recycle. Like if you go, if oh, you yeah. do a year's worth of them and then just restart the things, how many people yep. are really going to catch you?
4: You know, that's a good point. Well, the people that do catch it are obviously here for over a year. They like right. me. They won't right. care. Yeah. Well, right. And
2: and then they'll laugh again and they'll love it again. Right. I, right. Well, and to prove that point. So that's a good idea. <clears throat> right. About a month ago, I think it was a month ago because... Yeah, uh, so I got on the reels pay thing somehow through Instagram. I barely post content anymore. Hold
3: on, does that mean Ben that you're now a
2: millionaire? Congratulations! Yes, yeah, I am. Yeah, uh, yeah. Good but job, Tom, Ben. Tom and I struck <laughs> it rich through the okay. internet. You know, yeah, yeah. No, I think I. I well, now I hear a lot of people bad mouth it, mostly full time kind of content creator folks saying, you know, oh, it's not enough, and it's bullshit. You don't make squat. They they tell you. If I get 11 million views on my reels in a month, I'll get like 1,200 bucks. Well, I know I'm not going to get 11 million views. That's insanity. Right. But uh, last month, I ended up, they cut me a check for 147 bucks. That's that 147 was bucks you shit didn't have. I was probably going to do whether they paid me or not. Right. You know, and um, talking to the recycled content thing earlier a good number of those reels, I pulled right directly out of my feed and they were big time performers. I had a stupid reel about a a sanding disc jig that could put a sanding disc on the sanding pad of your random orbital sander without having to line up the holes It just had a stupid piece of dowel in it. Everybody has Mm -hmm. always, always loved that. The first time I posted that video, I got over a million views on it, you know, like two years ago. So I'm like, screw this. I started downloading all these big-time performers and started posting them again. And they hit again, you know? <laughs> so so like, are you
3: posting them so that... I know there's an option on Instagram to either post to your feed or not post to your feed. Are you choosing to not post it to your feed then?
2: I always post to my feed. Um, I always post to feed and I always post to Facebook as well. Yeah. I recommend on Facebook, I guess they say. There well, look is. at um uh, Woby Designs. Did you see what, what he did? He got... Like, he had the internet in an uproar, right? He built uh, a folding staircase in his workshop, and people went apeshit. And he's the kind of guy that thrives on apeshit. And he just fed the fire, <laughs> like, 12 posts in a row, just more yeah. shit about the staircase, you know? <laughs> Him jumping
4: on it, breaking it, yeah. like, everything.
2: <laughs> and then I think at the end, it was, like, he put up some of his stats or something for towards the end of his post, uh, like, reposting it, and he's like, how you how you get, uh, like, 5 million views off of your, uh, well, like self self-absorbed nature or something you yeah, know. This yeah. <laughs> is <just> like totally <laughs> selfish. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's always a game and I think some days I'm tired of the game and other days I'm ready for a new angle, but there it is. So, there it is. Tom, you started. I remember I've been following you for a little while and I remember when you kind of made the announcement you were going to make a certain you were going to design and bring to market mm-hmm. a certain number of products in a certain amount of time. Can you yeah, one, remind me what that was?
4: Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, it was just a personal thing. I didn't even talk about it. I didn't even say that publicly for weeks. Okay. I, just, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. So it's 100 designs in two years. Okay. And that is the only parameter, like the only parameter. So like, it doesn't matter if the thing sucks. It doesn't matter if it costs too much to make and no one will buy it. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if it's even a good idea. Like the the exercise for me was sit in front of Fusion 360 and design a bunch of stuff. And that, because I wanted the lesson from repetition. Yeah, Um, so cool. Some of that spawns from a conversation I had with somebody way outside of our community, but he sells things on eBay and he told me, the thing that just went off in my head was he's like, you know, when you make a product, selling one or two a month is great. You need to make 300 products. Right. And that never clicked with me. You know, I grew up with the mentality like, oh, you need that one great idea, that one, yeah, one you know, right? million yep. dollar idea. Everybody has a
2: million dollar idea every no, week. No, right? and that's yeah.
4: such bullshit. I didn't know this yeah. until recently. <laughs> <laughs> now, If yeah. you have that one great idea, freaking run with it but yeah you, you don't need it you don't need it right. so um so when i started that i did i surprised myself i did 35 designs in 35 days wow. and yeah most of those are on my website and uh like you can buy them a lot of them are cheap ideas so like
2: yeah
4: uh i've got like nine battery holders for like the wall and, Bryobi and all, right so like those yep. count though like they're yeah. not they don't have to be novel ideas. They didn't have to be. There's right. no qualification except freaking do it. Yeah. Um. So, so I did. I did that, and then I hit a wall because we were talking about moving, which we have now done. Right. About two weeks ago, we moved in here. Um. So like life got in the way, and I kind of got into a a creative rut for a short time. And I thought, you know what? I think this was from some stupid movie like Finding Forrester or something where the kid had writer's block and he just started typing someone else's book
2: yes mm.
4: right Van and then nice and like that got him out of the rut so yeah. i was like okay what's the equivalent of that for me and it's let me revisit an old idea i had way before i even thought of doing this challenge and and recreate that and uh that that's the frog pod so yeah that was a hockey puck with magnets glued to it with a quarter 20 screw through it that held my GoPro. Mm. And it that worked fine. I mean, I I put that on my car more than once, you know, right? and it stuck to the car.
2: Maybe I'm going to do the the cherry the cherry slab nice. Here. <laughs> this is
4: really great content for a Yeah, this is great content. Yeah. Let's not tell them that you just held up a cherry slab microphone No, stand don't don't say that. what
2: slab of cherry <laughs> 8 quarter
4: Live edge, live edge. Uh, if you put some epoxy in between those two pieces, you can call it something else. Then I'd, uh, that's so, my
2: million dollar idea for the week. You know? Yeah,
4: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, river, river uh, stands. <laughs> uh, so I took that hockey puck and I was like, okay, I'm doing a lot more 3D printing now. Let me 3D print this thing. So I literally drew and printed a hockey puck, which nice. I, I just didn't realize it until I held it in my hand. I was like, oh, yep. this is stupid. It's not even a hockey puck anymore. <laughs> like, this hockey is the dumbest idea ever. <laughs> Um, so and the, that's when I was like, all right, let me see if I can make this better. Cause it's, it wasn't great. Like it didn't hold on to you know, curved surfaces. Sure. It didn't, you know, it, you needed a flat surface to put this thing on. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started putting legs on it and it turned into the spider pod for a minute and there were like six magnets and, um, there were problems with all of these iterations, obviously that's why you keep going. So
1: mm-hmm. eventually
4: I said stronger magnets, less legs, and then it was just a matter of, building up the leg to the right thickness and width so that it would act the way I wanted it to act. Um, I didn't want it to fold over on itself too easily, but I also didn't want it to be too handed to put it, to fold it up and put it away.
2: Yeah. Mm. Nice.
4: Um, so there's a balance there.
2: It's, um, it sounds similar. And I don't know if you've ever uh, done any reading on it or seen anything on it, but, um, You see it in manufacturing, but, but probably most prominently you see it in software development where it's a concept of agile development where um, if you're building a big software application, you know, like healthcare.gov or something or, or you know, to take it more maker related, uh, let's say a, a customer uh, reaches out to you and they say, I need something to put my computer on while I'm using it. Your first design <clears throat> might look like a table but it might only have 3 legs cuz that's you know the minimum to have it stand on its own and it's mm-hmm. got a flat surface to put the computer on so you're you're always delivering what's called an MVP so you take in a user story you design a minimum viable product to solve that problem you put it out there and then they give you more feedback and then you iterate and iterate and iterate but you're never you're never trying to build this big grandiose thing you know it's always right. just delivering MVPs and you're just ticking off functionality and by the time you're done the biggest advantage is that you didn't sit down and design everything soup to nuts from the beginning and build a bunch of bullshit and fluff into it you know uh, so the customer gets only what they've asked for they don't get all the other Microsoft bullshit bells and whistles right. um, and it and it's a bit easier as a developer because you're not always having to completely think out of the box right like the spec becomes pretty damn tight when they just Mm -hmm. say all right now i need a place to put my pencils so you give them a cup (laughs) you know i want to hide my notebook so you give them a little drawer or you know all that you just keep adding to it um but i think that iterative nature and and brian house talks about that and and sort of exudes that a lot with his grinder designs too Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. where he's on what pushing version four or five now and just small Revolution changes. Number five,
3: man. That thing's yeah. going to be nuts, apparently. It's going to be guess.
2: good. Yes. Yeah. He's building a shitload of them this week. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that's cool. So then, how long, once you sort of had the three legged frog pod, how long then mm-hmm. before it became, okay, I'm going to try to do more than just sell it on my website?
4: <laughs> I did. I did try and sell it on my website. And
3: yep. Nobody bought yep.
0: one. Isn't that funny? Really?
3: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. What was yeah. what was the thing that made you switch to, this thing didn't sell at all on my website, I should sure. start a Kickstarter?
4: Yeah, well, there's, there's more to it, obviously, but um, through this 100 design thing, I've basically been rapid, I'll say rapid prototyping, polishing and finishing, and listing it on my website in a day, right? Yeah, like, okay. I'll, like battery holders are a simple example, like everybody understands what that is, so... Mm-hmm. I'll make it, I'll do a couple test prints to make sure I got the right sizing, finish the thing, put a couple of labels on it, and print it, take pictures, post it on my website, here it is. Right? Yep. So, zero marketing. Yeah. Other than Instagram stories. Right? So, um, the frog pod was basically the same, I mean that took like a, I, I gotta look back, but it was like less than a, a week, it was a few yeah. days of yeah. iterations. <laughs> Right? And uh, it was probably uh, I, I spent more time on it afterwards. But so after a couple iterations, uh, maybe six or seven, I basically had what it what you know of the frog pot now, and I listed it on my website like I did every other product, and uh, it was purple.
2: Uh, oh I didn't,
4: man. I didn't even think to make it green yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Boy, like I, I was just because I you know why? Because I had purple TPU. Yeah. Is this what you have, like I, right. that's what I had, so I that's what I used. And I just I gave zero thought to marketing and all that stuff. And I it wasn't even I didn't even list it as the frog pot. I wonder if it's still on there hiding that I can go look. Right. Um it might have been like mag pot or something like that. Mm-hmm. So after a day, I wasn't expecting any sales with any of this stuff. Like, I right. did get some on all my other items, and, and the store's doing way better than I thought it would. But the, the Frog Pod didn't get any traction, and AJ Huff from Design the Everything, he's done mm-hmm. a bunch of Kickstarters. Uh, he does a lot of everyday carry stuff. He just launched a few new product lines, called well, one's called Better Keychains. You can find yeah. that on Instagram, too. And he's like, this would make a good Kickstarter product. And I said, why? Like, <laughs> right. I was like, well, I, I said why, but I also said like, why Kickstarter? Like what, what's, why do I need, why, why do I need Kickstarter? Why do, what, what's the point of Kickstarter? And as soon as he told me, well, you get the Kickstarter audience, I was like, oh, okay.
2: Yeah, a different that. audience, right? You know?
4: Yeah. Right. Um, so that made a lot of sense. And in order to do a Kickstarter, you can't have a product the product can't be for sale. So I had to take it down right away. Okay. Yeah. And not that anybody would have found out, but you get the right. idea. So, so then I, I, hit it and I started working on it still, uh, publicly, you know, on stories and stuff and kind of finalized it. And, um, my goal on Kickstarter at that point was it would be cool if I sold 50 of these.
3: Ah, yeah. and how like, many have right. you sold so far?
4: I haven't checked in a several hundred. bit, but, I, I'm approaching 250, if not 250. Yeah, which wow. is cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, at the beginning, I sent one to like Jimmy Daresta who's like I've Jimmy and I know each other now. I give him an, when you give somebody a surface grinder, they um. They also yeah. give you their phone number and right. ask them <laughs> on apparently now, happens when you have them
2: on a podcast, too. It's pretty, pretty yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so,
4: like, I sent, like, and I made, I think at that point, I sent one to, like, Chris Zapp, who I talked to a lot, and just a few people, because they were expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they were really expensive, relatively to, like, what you magnets would want alone. product to cost. What's that?
2: Magnets alone. I mean, magnets aren't cheap anymore. It's crazy. Yeah, they
4: were like two bucks a piece.
2: Yeah. Ooh. Yeah.
4: Yeah. There's three, three of them in there. And then and like, time that's a lot for a product.
2: You know, it's probably not a ton of filament, but no. It's but like the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so how many? Oh, go ahead. Keep going. No, no. Ask your question. Well, I'm I'll just curious there. about sort of the um, what how you figured out in terms of manufacturing, like what you would think you'd need. Uh, You know, in terms of three D print farm, type stuff, or Mm -hmm. was there a thought? Because you probably at some point had to go, well, shit. What if I do sell two hundred? You know, um, or you start doing the math on how many you could crank out based on what I think your goal was like fifteen hundred bucks. That gets you however many printers. Right. Like, what if you triple it?
4: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I did a I did a um I did a spreadsheet where I went out to like ten thousand units. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which ten thousand units at three thirty bucks is three hundred thousand dollars, and at that yeah. point, I'm gonna do injection molding. Like, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna right. research that. Right, right. I'd still probably, I'd still probably print until I figured that out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But ten thousand is like forty printers in a hundred days, give or take yeah. a little okay. bit. Okay. So it's actually manageable, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. But if it yeah. does, if it actually did that much, there's a good chance it'll do twice that much also.
2: Yeah, true. Right, so. And then it gets so, picked up by a big gun or something. Yeah, right, so at that yeah. point
4: I was like, all right, I don't have to think beyond that because that's a whole nother world of problems and I don't, like, let's just yeah. not get caught up in that. But that was cool to I'll think bet. about for a moment, you know. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, cause
4: yeah. It's, so like um, 250, 250, I did some stories today, I was like two, like, Make sure you're hearing what I mean to say. <laughs> I am thrilled with what it's done. Yeah. Uh, yes. Like full stop. But 250 is no big deal. I can do that with the three printers I have and it'll take me like yeah. two and a half weeks.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're
4: gonna get your frog pods and that's awesome. And I am happy yeah. right there. Yep, yep. Um, but I I really want a bigger problem than that. Not right. even, really, <laughs> I mean, obviously I want the money too, but like it's not, I really just want the challenge of printing like freaking 3,000 of these
2: things. Yeah, just to be swimming in them. <laughs> I, just, I just want well, it to seems, experience that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because working in a, a, you know, working a real job or, you know, a career job, mm-hmm. there's always those projects or those moments or those times of year or whatever it is where, yeah, you're just buried there are some of us that are sickos and really enjoy that, right? Like that's where (laughs) you thrive is at the busiest. You know, I, if I'm, if I've got nothing to do, I'm going to get into trouble, you know, somehow, or I'm going to be a real pain in the ass to be around. But if I've got a lot of shit to do, then it's, then to me, I, I find that I appreciate the time that I get with certain people, you know, with family and all that more and all the other things. But when it's just like kind of boredom and yeah, I need a big problem to solve, and right. unless you're raking in the sales, problems. yeah, like unless if you're if you're a product-based business, unless you're raking in the sales, you don't have a lot of problems to solve, you know, right. I, I mean, I started making aprons and uh, selling work aprons, and I don't have that problem to solve yet, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I find myself like, you almost don't take it as seriously, because, well, shit, you know, they're just dribbling and drabbling in. And right. then you get caught with your pants down and you go, shit, what do I do now? I got to make five of these fucking things, you know? <laughs> and I can't hardly make one in a couple days, <laughs> right. you know, or whatever it is. But I hear you. It's like, yeah, I would... I think you're probably on that verge, right? Where if it doubled, then it's like, okay, starting to sink your teeth. But um, I feel
3: like... I feel like- Once you get to that level, you have to start finding all of those little bottlenecks that slow you down. Yeah. Which I imagine one of them for the frog frog pod is actually, like, placing the magnets into the little spot that it goes. Because if I remember correctly, I was looking through your feed today. Mm -hmm. And you have to, like, you have to stop the print and put the frog pod, like, the little magnet into the little receptacles. And then continue the print. So how would you be able to automate that or make it so that... There isn't quite so uh-huh. much. he got a couple know, kids.
2: T- yeah, I got a yeah, seven-year-old. Guess <laughs> <that>. <laughs>
3: yeah, but that's you that's good. No, between, you can't. That's yeah. that's good between the numbers of one and you know ten thousand, but beyond that. And the hours yeah. of six so,
2: and twelve, you know, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so I
3: lo- I love this question because it's like this is
4: what I like to think about, and yeah. this is why I want a bigger problem, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to solve these issues. Uh, With printing, so I'll give you – I can't remember some of the numbers, but I'll give you for instance anyway. Basically, I print two frog pods at a time on a Prusa Mini, Mm -hmm. and there's a pause in the middle where I put the magnets in. Mm-hmm. Okay. What you saw today was uh, the frog pod keychains, which are really tiny, and there's nine yes. of them on the plate. Um, that's actually way more tedious, because there's four magnets in each one, and four times nine is uh, 36. I had to use my fingers. Mm-hmm. On the, <laughs> uh, the old finger trick there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I did that quick, though, right? I do that all yeah, the time. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, that's really tedious. The frog pod is three per, so it's six, six per pause, right? And What's nice about printing is how long it takes, because it's, huh. let's call it an hour and a half, it pauses, and then there's an hour and a half to finish, right? So I have an hour and a half to separate and stick six magnets in front of every printer. OK. And and like prep them yeah, so that when it does come time to pause, you can slap those in and hit play, and there's very little downtime. Because you want those printers running constantly, Yeah. Right? Um, so same with like I can do shipping during that time, and because I'm only printing five a day per printer, I can ship five a day per printer.
2: Mm. Yep, and yep. I
4: don't have I don't have a manufacturer shipping me, you know, two hundred and fifty frog pods that I then have to process and get out. Right. Like, which two, right. let's not say two hundred and fifty. Let's say a thousand, two thousand, three thousand. If this were a bigger problem, um, hmm. so I can do I, my workflow would be. How do I say this? So it wouldn't be as much of an assembly line as it would be the opposite of an assembly line, right? <laughs> I don't well, know and even if
2: you were to um, even if you were to add ten printers, right? Like you say, you've still got that hour and a half, depending on right. how you stagger your uh, start times and everything. Maybe every ten minutes, you're magnetizing or whatever, you know? Right. Um, I know a lot of guys that do like. Sort of production laser work, you know, like engraving mugs or cups or signs or shit like that. And the laser process takes like three minutes. You know, right. are constantly turning around. It's like that would drive me batshit fucking crazy.
4: <laughs> well, that, that, then, you're, then you're like a factory worker in a lot of ways. Yeah, right? not knocking factory yeah. workers, but that's I I I'm not suited for that, and I'm not even right. suited for like ten thousand frog pods. Like that's not. The grind is hard for me yeah but i'll do it but it's it's difficult for me
3: yeah Um, i definitely hear you on that because i worked in a ford factory for maybe two months and i got out of there as quickly as i could because that ultra monotonous like you're doing the same exact motion 2,000 times in an eight-hour shift. Right. That is something that you oh, just can't... Man. There's there's turning off your brain and then there's going brain dead, and that's that's to a level that is just yeah, not but, manageable. And that's are, not are, something that anybody would really want to do.
4: Yeah. There are people wired that way, though. I yeah, got a sure, couple friends sure. that do a lot of factory work, and, and like, they're super creative musicians...
3: Mm, so they're and thinking about all of the other different things in guess,
4: yeah. I think they're just like pro daydreamers. I think yeah. that's what it is. That's yeah. something that
3: I'm not wired for one bit. It sounded
4: <laughs> like an insult, but I think it's a really big compliment. <laughs> it is. Right? It is.
2: Well, you know? when I was a carpenter, I, there were guys that loved piecework, and that's all they'd do. They'd just frame stairs all fucking mm-hmm. day, every day, frame stairs, frame stairs, frame stairs, and they loved it. And they'd make pretty damn good money because... I think to some of those folks right like the game is to get faster and faster and mm. faster mm-hmm. I'm such a terrible motivator of myself that I could give two <laughs> shits if I go faster you know like, yeah. all right, yeah. Yeah.
4: so oh. I do I do enjoy that like I used to do a, a I grew up doing a paper route like mm-hmm. my mom would take my brother and I and we would like she'd drop us off at the end of streets we'd walk the street and she would do a third street and like pick us up like we did this a lot and we used to we used to bag papers before we went out and like, there were 30 in a bundle and like, you could, you would time yourself just to know how many you were doing per second. And like, you'd work, (laughs) like, it was kind of fun working through that math as you do it because it is so boring, Yeah, but like, there is a little bit of fun in figuring that efficiency out. Right. Uh, See, I'm the
2: Tom Sawyer that would, I'm the Tom Sawyer brother that would, you know, let you get really fast, so I did less. (laughs)
3: Man, the thing that got, the only thing that got me through that factory work is, so we weren't allowed to wear any sort of music or any sort of headphones. Oh, bet
2: right? So literally,
3: because there was, there was, you know, different machineries going around, different forklifts. So we weren't allowed to have headphones, but Mm -hmm. we were allowed to use those, those noise blockers, those big over the ears noise blockers. So what I ended up doing is I bought the smallest little wireless headphone and I, and I tore apart one of the. The ears and hid that thing into the foam of the <laughs> ear, <laughs> nice. and and got away with it. And that was the only way that I made it through those two months, right. listening and just trying to pretend like not react to jokes, not react to yeah. anything.
2: I look through to that thing. Right. Look through everybody's headset and they've all got the same brand of headphones stuck in there yeah. as well. They're all just yeah. trying to get by. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's I, hijacking the the hearing aids. It's rough. <laughs>
3: it was rough for sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely awesome. I, you know, and, and like we talk a fair bit on the show about sort of the 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 concept of micro manufacturing and how mm-hmm. you know uh the the phrase today you hear a lot is that manufacturing's dead and and i'm starting to argue that well is it really dead or has it changed you know we've never seen more uh, industrial machines produced in garages or you know home shops or small what what by any standard would be small workshops and and it's happening you know whether it's right. 300 or 500 frog pods that eventually turns into a lot more or it's grinders or cutting boards or whatever it is that's putting a dent in in, uh, manufacturing you know.
3: It's all us back hippies over here. Right. Working out of our our garage.
4: I don't have a fully formed thought about this yet but it was something interesting. Someone I think I I can't remember who said this to me but I'm pretty sure he's in England and he kind of like on the side said something to me like well everything every product is an is an industry in the u.s
2: right so like
4: you could make collector spoon holders (laughs) and and like that could be your entire career it could right yeah and and not only and you're not even the only one right like there's like 50 guys making 50 different collector spoon holders and they all are surviving on this one product whereas in england for instance and i'm not speaking for england so forgive me but yeah that's it's not an industry there's there's one guy that makes spoon holders and if you don't like (laughs) it you gotta buy it from somewhere else right so um i think what maybe you're hinting on with everybody's making machines in their garage is i think a lot of us are starting to figure out that there's a market for anything we want to do
2: right Mm -hmm. and that took
4: me a long time i still don't believe that statement like i know
2: it's hard to my
4: bones but it's true and i just lie to myself and tell remind myself that it's true
2: yeah yeah it that that's always been a hard one to me because it involves marketing right and i think that's a that's a part that we as makers in general struggle with to an extent Mm -hmm. right Most of us would probably just, you know, like you, Tom, keep it, you know, keep the hundred train rolling, baby, you know, instead of stopping and and spending a year really legitimately trying to market something and turn it into something. And like you say, creating the industry around that one thing. It's like, nah, screw it. I'm going to now make, you know, uh, Stanley plane holders or, you know, some other uh, something out of it. And I think that's. There's those little rough edges that we, we have to sort out.
3: Well, that's the thing mm-hmm. that I think is incredibly brilliant with the frog pod is because it's so it's so universally used by so many different people who are doing crazy different things. You know, everybody yeah. needs a quick and easy way to put up a camera to film what they're doing because everyone is becoming a content creator. Mm-hmm.
2: So, you yeah. know,
3: it's it's something that has a vast market. So I really think if you spend some time to market it, you're going to really like shoot off into the, to the atmosphere with this thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I appreciate that. You'd
2: be the next um, Belkin.
3: (laughs) I will say I got lucky. I got lucky
4: with the product in the sense that it, I feel like it's an easy thing to market. Like it's a, it's fun. It's useful. Um, it looks cool. I hope. And, and it's got a cool name, right? Like it's, it's a thing. Um, I've been talking to a friend on Instagram, and believe it or not, he makes knives, hey. and um, he's, he's he's been picking my brain about marketing, and I'm yeah. like, first of all, I don't know anything about knives. Like, it's not not my wheelhouse at all, but I go find a gimmick, class it up, and 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 go with that, like, yeah. and a gimmick could just be, uh, you guys were talking about, like... Shucking knives, maybe, or something like that last week, or two mm, oyster, oyster shucking knives. Knives. oyster yep. knives, Thank you, sorry. That's um, a perfect like exam. that's that's even a gimmick, right? Like it's a specific type of knife. It's a pairing knife. it's a th- this knife.
2: Yep.
4: like don't just make I, well, I shouldn't say this. you can make like a normal folding knife or a normal uh, I know Chef I'm on a nice podcast, like so forgive me people. <laughs> but <laughs> but like you need to you need to give it purpose, you need to give it a story. And yeah. even if this folding knife could do a thousand different things, pick one. Pick one. Like yeah. tell them that it's a it's a dress knife. Like you put this in your suit. You know. Yeah, like right. tell them that it's a uh, it's perfect for hiking or versus camping versus. And I'm not saying lie, but I'm saying no. figure out how to make that story work. Specialize
2: it, right? Like um, yeah, Montana knife a, company. Give it an I've identity. Seen yeah montana knife company has done that with some of their recent releases i've noticed mm-hmm. they i don't remember the name of it but um it's uh it's a parachute cord handled knife just a small i think it could be a neck knife or a you know a purse knife or anything and they've started really circling the rag wagons around you know everyone in the world should carry a knife i don't give a shit if it's this knife or any knife this knife happens to be the perfect knife it's a bird and trout knife but that also makes it perfect for your purse for your neck for your hunting pack for your backpack for your bike bag you know all then they go into all these very common places and then kind of talk about reasons why you might want to carry it you know so this might happen or that might happen or another thing might happen and i right. think that story is so critical uh to the success of it and then some folks get away with it by telling their own story and then i think the product kind of sells itself in a way but that's only going to last for so long right Totally. Uh, right. yeah your no, story No, that works
4: too though but like you know like the frog pod right i had to uh so Jocko, jaco's been helping me he's been giving me like unbelievable mm-hmm. advice and I needed to focus my marketing, so that's why you only see like action cams and phones and the DSLRs yeah. in any of the shots. I had to focus it on that because the message wouldn't make sense, right? Sure. Um, but really, it could be used for a lot of things. Somebody messaged me today, and he's like, "I want to hang my clipboard." He, I think, he works on heavy machinery. Like, he's a mechanic, but yeah. works on big machinery. And he's like, "I want to put."
0: On it,
4: so I can hang it on the machine wherever I'm working. Do my tests because you need three hands then, right? He's like, I want to put my clipboard on one so I can slap it on the machine. You know, you're talking about a giant bulldozer or something. I'm not, you know, I actually want to talk to him. Yeah, so, like, there's all these other purposes, but, like, if all of that was in this Kickstarter, the message would get lost.
3: Right. Yeah, I agree. You have to really hyper-focus, and the smart thing is when you're first starting out, focus on the largest group of people that's going to want to buy this. But then you can come out with little, like, hey, you're going to get a frog pod in, like, construction orange if you want it for this purpose. Get a a frog. It it all turns out to be the exact same product, but you get to people. You get people grabbing it, and maybe you might have someone who will want to collect all of them. And yeah, right, you know, or you being, fun, able to, being able to run down each of those rabbit holes is a really fantastic mm-hmm, way really to do cool.
2: it. Fun user stories that come in, you know, sure. or, or just yep. left field. I feel field. like we're somebody, preaching the choir here, Ben. Yeah, somebody, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> keep it coming. Yeah.
4: No, it's, <laughs> uh, it's uh, really, it's, it's very just validating. so,
2: it's, and it, to me, your story is such a cool story where you know you just started out with this commitment to yourself to just design everything and 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 not to just stop there though and i think that's what always kind of struck me about it is why stop there you know a website these days is so simple to set up it's so affordable to run throw it up there you know and even if you sell one or two a, a month who gives a flying shit you know um, that's a couple of beers or a couple of cups of coffee or whatever it no, is, definitely. you know, why not? Um, I was listening to a, uh, YouTube video the other day and, uh, this guy talked about the hundred percent rule. And what he said was like, he had a friend who was overweight and, uh, this guy goes to a lot of like motivational speaker type conferences. And so he's like, he drugged this guy along one time and The guy was really moved by the whole thing, and so after the show, he's like, Hey, do you know, is there anywhere where I could get a copy of some of the speeches that were, you know, put on? So they ended up figuring out they could download all the speeches, and for like the next two weeks, this uh, sort of overweight guy listened to these talks over and over and over on repeat. And the theme that sort of rose out of all of it was believing in yourself and, and finding a way to convince yourself that you can do whatever it is that you, you know, uh, want to do. And he said, but he's like, so there's a hundred, you have to be a hundred percent in, he said, but nine out of 10 people can't get there until they reach a point of no return. Right. Mm. So if you're starting a business and, um, it's a side little business and you just, work at it here and there and it's you know in your home workshop or whatever so you don't you don't have to jump in right you can let it just kind of roll and maybe you're making income someplace else Uh, you know we hear this all the time right makers would love to go full-time but they just can't take the leap well that leap is the point of no return right and so this guy's like you can make the leap you know past the point of no return but if you're not committed 100%, you're you're probably not likely to be that successful, you know. So, and that, I've always heard, you know, well, you know, the cheesy cliche, oh, you just believe in yourself and, you know, just get going. You can make anything work. Well, you can, but you can also just make everything barely get by too. Yeah, right. You know, um, so sometimes it takes that commitment. Or and I think that's what's cool about a Kickstarter or something, right? Is now you're you're locked in right you've got to produce x number of frog pods when this is all over um and that's what has appealed me in the past and even more so recently about like a kickstarter kind of a thing because i find myself sort of fishing for where's that point of no return you know it's like i've got all the tools i need i've got all this other stuff so yeah it's in my backyard who gives a shit if i you know it's all right all the tools are paid for i can just keep them there (laughs) you know yeah but yep if you've got that big commitment in front of you, maybe you maybe you take the jump. I don't know. It's kind of a weird, a yeah, weird so, leap.
4: So I have a, I have a, I'm very fortunate in my situation. My my wife is the breadwinner in our family, and <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm a stay at home dad. I yep. uh, I was a stay at home dad for. I've been a stay at home dad for eight years, and my oldest is seven. Nice. so you tell me how that worked out
2: yeah but well, <laughs> you know when they're in the oven they need watching too i,
4: I did a, I did a <laughs> yeah i did a free year of stay on right gadgets. um yeah. so i am very fortunate in that aspect where like I don't have all the time in the world because I
2: no have, you have no I take time care of my children. I know, I've been doing but, it. <laughs> but but I have absolutely
4: sure, no time. Like I'm physically home so yeah. I can I can I steal minutes, you know, yes. like I steal minutes throughout the day. And that's how I've been doing all of this stuff. Yep. Um
2: Do you was yeah, that for, a... for
4: somebody trying to take that leap though, you know, you gotta you I, to echo what you're saying you have to wait until the boat is close enough to the dock so you don't get wet but you <laughs> right. still yep. you still have to jump yeah yeah right yeah you still have you to do jump.
3: and also I can that remember. boat will never touch that dock where you can just step no down. no it's no, never, never gonna it. get to the point where it's you'll gonna
4: be a comfortable jump you just
3: no. have to do it
4: yeah, yeah there's no. no drawbridge that's not the term but you get it no
2: yeah, yeah and it, it is yeah it you're absolutely right. Cause I've been doing it now for, you know, a a little while, four months, five months where, you know, I had some health issues and then found myself, all right, this is, this is your new gig, you know, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it is very easy and comfortable just to say, okay, I'm, I'm bobbing and, and we're doing okay. But I find myself personally craving, like you said, a big problem to solve like mm-hmm. give me the million frog pod order and let's right. figure this fucker out you know now let's go walmart yeah <laughs> right because it's uh i don't know do you what doing the stay-at-home thing and mm-hmm. inventing a bunch of products that maybe you know sell in dribs or drabs un- until the frog pod was it or is it hard for you to say okay this is my business and you know like to set up all the big business stuff around it or is it still
4: let me pause what is my business
2: that's the i guess maybe that's the question okay
4: so <laughs> i still don't see Frogpot as my business
2: right yeah mm.
4: i i do see infinite com. uh don't buy anything i'm really busy
3: right now please right but <laughs> how many but, times do you think you're gonna say that in your life i do uh, yeah, I know <laughs>
2: About Gosh, 26 a day. <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, so, so like that, I started that business to start a business and to work that business,
2: yeah.
4: um, within my means, right? Sure. So for me, I have a couple motivations, but one of them is like, my kids are going to be in school full time really soon. Like yeah. actually my three year old is going to preschool every day this year,
2: man, this coming Man, you are going to be and a new man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's only
4: half a day, but in, in one more year, he's going to kindergarten full-time.
2: Yeah. And that's a full yeah. day.
4: And I'm going to have a lot more time. Yep. And, you know, fast forward five years from then, I barely have to even feed them. Like, they kind of, they'll figure yeah. that out eventually, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to yeah, have even more time at that point. Yeah, feed so and eat, eat My, my the goal has been, been to build something as slow as i need to for let's call it five years from now cool right so um but my one of my big motivations behind that is actually for my kids like my mom my mom used to do newspapers with us i'll bring it up again we made 19 dollars a week and we never even got the money it just went into a bank account yeah so um but like we had i think we had a couple thousand dollars when we were 10 year olds like right. but we never you know we never we didn't understand money still but um that's not the point no but she gave us a little bit of work ethic there right like we mm-hmm. had to do it but yeah. we did it and i mean throwing trash out the car window is fun um, yeah like yeah that's a good <laughs> that's a good gig as a kid um yep. But, but I, have I, want, a, I wanted something like that for my kids, right? Like I wanted, I want to create that job for them when they're seven and eight and nine and 10. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I wanted to find something for that. And I think this is a good way to do it uh, with even fulfilling orders from the 3D printed stuff. Like my seven year old will walk down in the morning and swap the printer bed and Restart the print,
2: still have to, even sleep. if I don't want them
4: <laughs> printed, like right. Still, like, yeah. I never tell him. I was like, I'm, I walked down, and I'm like, oh, I didn't need any more of those, yeah. <laughs> but you and know, I'm like, like, whatever, I'm not gonna tell him no, yeah.
2: yeah. And I find, um. I mean, I grew up in the woods, and you know, on fifty acres where there was always, always work to do, right? Um, mm-hmm. Sort of a farm type scenario with lots of animals and everything else. So there's always shit to do. I was constantly outside with my stepdad working on something, right? Whereas mm-hmm. work just became an activity. It wasn't mm-hmm. something you had you had to do or didn't want to do. It was just. What work are you going to do today? You know, I'm going to cut firewood or whatever the hell needs done, whatever time of the year it was. And now, having moved far away from that and and raising my two boys, not in a not in the city, but you know, just outside the city in a neighborhood, there aren't that many opportunities to teach kids how to fucking work. You know, I say like the hardest thing I ask my boys to do is unload the damn dishwasher. You know, <laughs> it's like well, how the when, hell do you teach work ethic there?
4: <laughs> when food is literally put in front of you three times a day, it's hard yeah. to have motivation to do anything. Yeah. as a kid, right? Yep. Uh, they just don't want to, they don't care to. Yep. Um, I yeah, I see this. I see this whole thing as an opportunity for. I mean, my three-year-old doesn't care. He barely talks, right? He he doesn't even speak English
2: But he'll hit four Um, four and a half five and then they get in that make that little maker kick where it's like Mm -hmm.
4: oh my lord So lincoln's my seven-year-old he already he has no idea how to design anything in cad But he knows exactly what can be designed in cad. Yeah, (laughs) and he will like that tool is in his tool belt Yep. And he knows how to think with that tool. right? And it's really cool. And I'm just, I, I'm waiting for him to have his own idea yeah. that actually like is viable. And
2: I started Jack with uh, yeah. Tinkercad and you guys might've played around with that. But, and then <clears throat> I ran a maker club at the boys school. It was like an after-school club, a couple hours a week and had first through fifth graders, I think. And we started playing in Tinkercad with even first graders and yeah. it's insane how quickly they get it and understand it. I, I was yeah. blown away. And then the other day, well, this is about a month ago, beginning of summer, um, Jack took a, ro- did a robotics camp, which was held at the high school that he'll ultimately go to. They have the most beautiful makerspace at this freaking high school. It had like two bridge ports. It had a, a hoss mill. It had a oh. metal, like a big ass metal CNC. I don't know what the hell they call those things. But yeah, it had a laser, like a big fiber laser. It had oh uh, a full so wood So when can shop. I move
3: in? That's what I said. <laughs> I
2: was like, so they, but they do this thing called First Robotics where they get together and have competitions like three times a year or four times a year. The kids literally build, it's about a 200-pound fucking robot. I mean, it was like five foot tall, four by four uh, footprint. And then they're designing to, I think it's 10 or 12 challenges when they get together for the contest. So the lady was describing that one of the challenges involved climbing a ladder where the rungs were at uneven distances. Whoa! So they had to figure out, so then they have to build this whole thing but they also have to code it all as well. Mm. So the kids are writing JavaScript and other, you know, the kids pick what programming language to use. She's like, you got to come see it. And I'm like, you're damn right I'm going to come see it. <laughs> I'm going to be a coach.
3: <laughs> I did something like the super baby version of that. Basically, we had this little Lego kit that had this yeah, little computer that's, brain that's to it. The and you had to version. move this ball from this spot to this spot while not yep. hitting this spot on the ground. And you had to kind of like yep. figure out it's going to go do this. And when it senses this, it's going to do that. Yeah. And that,
2: and there are, there are so many like running that maker uh, club. I realized the world of STEM and steam toys that's out there has these kids thinking at an entirely different mm -hmm. level than I ever thought as a kid. I mean, there are times in the workshop, Jack at 12 years old, I'll be scratching my ass trying to figure something out and he'll walk in and he's like, we'll just do this. And of course, I immediately say no, no, yep, no, but this, yeah. but that, and he's like, no, nah, just, just try it, and I try it, and it works, and I'll be like, son of a bitch. <laughs> but his spatial <laughs> reasoning and his his spatial brain is so much more, you know, developed at that age than it's just unbelievable. But,
3: so you guys have been talking about your children. That means Dad that your jokes- dads. You guys have a dad joke this week? Oh man! <laughs> I don't. I don't see. have a dad
4: joke. I have a sad story though that I'll tell you real quick. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know that's not
3: how a dad <laughs> joke goes.
4: Yeah, but no, okay. I'm so a stand on uh, dad. The, um, the, <laughs> guy dad wrote, yeah, okay. the guy that wrote, yeah, the guy that. The guy that wrote the Hokey Pokey died just recently. Did oh you see
2: that man! Did he shake it all about?
4: Yeah. Well, when they went and put him in the casket, they they put his left hand in, and well, you
1: know the rest. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's like the one where they buried the guy with his ass out of the ground so his buddies could park their bikes when they came to visit. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Good God! Man, come on. uh, What's brown and sticky? A stick. A stick. Yep. Did we tell this one two guys walked into a bar, the third guy ducked? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Brian's so much better at delivering those. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I almost forgot about that. Buried him (laughs) with his ass out of the ground, (laughs) (gasps) Joe. Oh, lordy. Anyway, what's been going on to your shop this week, B-Cone?
3: I have had a lot of things come up, and I, I think I'm going to hold on to next week when I can talk to like, with Brian yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but there's there's stuff that involves <clears throat> Brian House. There's stuff that involves TR Maker, Dennis Tyrell. Um, oh, Maritime like- Knife Supply. I just finally got another order from Maritime Knife Supply. I just bought a bunch of belts, steel, and then a bunch of stuff to make a Kydex press.
2: Nice.
3: Now, Maritime Knife Supply is one of our sponsors. So I'm going to go ahead and go through real quick. They're a Canadian. It's Lawrence Lake up there. They are fantastic. I love working with them. If there's ever anything that you need, just go ahead and hit up Maritime Knife Supply. A lot of the stuff's already going to be on the website. But if you need something, man, Lawrence Lake has a way of just finding things and getting it to you for cheap. Also, that Canadian to American... um, Exchange rate, you're gonna get a little bit of a discount just naturally with that, and then you know, of course, I ordered it just before the Fourth of July, and it's already here. So I mean, I don't. It ain't know how the Fourth it in through. Canada. Yeah, it, I guess maybe that's the <laughs> way, but it got here super quick. I mean, I live all the way up here in Michigan, so it's right, you know, barely yeah. cross the border. But I mean, he, he ships all over the place, so yeah, check out Maritime it's, Knife
2: Supply. He's he seems to be just adding and adding and adding. It's, product yes, you know it's incredible he's just not stopping and he's everywhere talk you know marketing you want some example of marketing take a look at lawrence he's he's yeah. got it down man for sure, for sure. really cool and i and know there's
3: one other thing i need to talk about in my shop so i did that raffle with that, that yes
2: guy. i forgot and about it that sold almost.
3: out it completely sold out which i was really really pleased with
2: good and work, then i drew boys.
3: the winner yesterday and it happens to be katherine billings yeah. the problem with Catherine billings is that she sent she bought it on paypal with an email that i tried to send an email to didn't send through there's no there's problem no, here
2: there ain't no problem here <laughs> she's Drop not a follower of mine can. on
3: any of my things <laughs> i searched through all of the different places couldn't find a katherine billings anywhere so
2: somebody among us is a scammer Wait, using you, Catherine billings card that
4: episode one of you said that you were gonna like work through like your wife or something. Is this
3: is this the scale? Oh, one it could
2: be. That's housework. <laughs> and he got his got a I don't know, his so ex wife. Somebody
3: to do it. out there is listening. So they didn't <laughs> buy it, so uh, the one thing I did on this round was I did a discount for the first day just so that I could release yeah, it to you guys. Yeah. <clears> you guys <throat> got it for ten dollars. You guys actually ended up buying just a little bit past fifty percent of the ticket. So I really yeah, appreciate the great. hell out of that. That was huge. it, it definitely nah, started off with a bang. But this Catherine Billings bought it at the $15 mark. So she's, I don't know, she maybe just doesn't listen to the podcast or saw a link somewhere and just hit it and went for it. But I don't know how I'm going to find her just so I can send her the knife. The one thing Well, how long do
2: you give it, right, before you just say, draw another and...
3: Here's my one saving grace. With PayPal, I have an address and she oh. lives in Saginaw which is literally an hour down the road from here.
2: Oh no shit.
3: So, I don't oh. know if I'm just going to have to like show up, at her show door up <laughs> but for <laughs> those of you who don't know, Saginaw is a sketchy place. Yeah. Saginaw is right next to Flint.
2: Which right next if to anybody Saigon.
3: If anybody remembers the Flint <laughs> crisis with the water, it's 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 uh, yep. you know, all that type of stuff, but yeah, I huh. I think I might just get to the point where I'll just send her a letter in the mail saying, "Hey, contact me. You won."
2: There you yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what else could you do? I mean, yeah,
3: it's been kind of weird because I sent spent like an hour, like, oh, you know, I drew it and then the winner, and I kind of yeah. figured like, hey, you'd kind of contact me or I'd be able to find you quick, but kind of scratch. Well, you. Catherine
2: hey. Billings, if you're if you're listening to the show, reach out, claim your Damn, blade. Yeah. That's a great knife too.
3: Yeah, it was fun. It was it was a really cool project with the uh dagger challenge. And yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. And then the fantasy challenge is coming up and we're getting a couple big people in. Oh, like Will did Stelter. you Stelter. Will Stelter's going to be DiResta? in it. is going to be in it. Is he? Yeah. Sounds yep. Could he follow like
2: through? I didn't know if he's going to follow through. We kind of caught him. <laughs> we had him fucking just, cornered on the show where it was like, just "Hey, remind you him,
4: remind him the day before it's due and he'll get it." Oh, yeah, yeah, probably right. Not. He'll stay up all <laughs> night video around it. Only- that's the only time he'll do it, is the day was before.
2: It the, uh, was it the guitar <laughs> build, though, like last year? Something that kind of bit him in the ass there? <laughs> he knocks out this design, and not many people liked it. <laughs> it's kind uh, of like, oh, oh, man. Maybe I shouldn't oh. wait that long. So, uh, Ben, it's... what's
3: going on? with You're over in Pennsylvania, so you're nowhere yeah. near your shop. But what, No. Have you, have you done anything fun? <sighs>
2: Well, let's see. We had some friends in town, so uh, kind of showed them around. Friends from when we lived in Seattle, so we floated the river and kind of showed them around all the, you know, various camp properties back here and all that shit. And uh, their kid flipped a four wheeler over, and oh, it was boy. fun. Nice.
3: <laughs> Any broken bones on that four wheeler? No,
2: thankfully. You just took, we have we have a couple this little little shitting four wheelers that. Our boys kind of started riding when they were, you know. Sam still rides a little, little job, but um, yeah, he took a turn too sharp and just mm-hmm. rolled it right over. Woke him up, which I think was a good eye opener for my boys. Like, oh, these things can hurt you.
3: <laughs> First time I broke an ankle was off of a four wheeler flip. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: It so we've been doing quick.
2: that, and then oh, I did go um, yesterday. Jack and I took a trip down to Wicket and Craig Leather Tannery. And that was another good, uh, another good trip. Just such a cool place. Um, and the folks there are just phenomenal. I mean, it's, it, you know, it, it actually only moved, and I didn't know this until I actually went there, but it only moved down here to the States in, the, in like 1980. And mm-hmm. their sort of claim, the fame is that they're, you know, one of two of the oldest vegetable tanneries left in the U.S., Mm -hmm. but they were actually in canada until the 80s and then when the olympics came to town i don't remember where it was up there but alberta or something uh when they were as they do when they were sort of cleaning up the city you know and and beautifying they offered them a package to to move and they took the money and ran to the states (laughs) i don't
3: understand that because they're a tannery it's what's what's <clears> that what's not to like honestly like
2: you you would never know uh that there are thousands of dead you know cow carcasses inside that thing until you got in there right. um, who it, the hell's gonna looks, notice like i don't yeah. understand that but, but there's a big a very big history of leather tanning around this area uh mm. there was a big logging industry in this part of pennsylvania and that was the other thing we went to the uh lumber history museum over i don't know east of here i guess and
3: yeah i saw a bunch of your phenomenal stories about that. dude oh my gosh it was so cool. fucking
2: amazing they had a full-blown massive circular saw sawmill that was all steam-powered belt driven mm-hmm. running like a raped ape man and that thing blew my mind i mean to see that engine room i think i counted like i think i counted 11 or 12 individual belts that it took to run that thing and just a couple of old dudes sitting down there you know watching them all run and every now and then they'd walk over with a little oil can and put a little shit on there and then and that whole thing basically powers two blades there's a, a small blade in front of the the big one the big blade in the back was thirty inches across, and they they were just cutting the shit out of some stuff. And then they had um, they had another uh, smaller setup off of the John Deere, which is what I posted on my reel. And that was a shingle uh, a shingle mill they called it, and it it basically was like a like, like a meat planer, yeah, yeah, like a meat slicer that spins around. And then they just sort of slide a thin piece of wood down onto it, and it shaves the bottom at an angle so that you get this tapered shingle. And, my God, that just looked like it was going to take the fingers right off of you. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Like a mandolin on steroids. Oh, Oh,
2: man, yeah. It was cool, though. So that was run off of John Deere. And then they had some other shit set up, you know, like they were brewing birch beer, and they had... uh, They had sort of an old bunkhouse set up to show you what it would have looked like back then. And all the dudes in these logging camps slept two to a bed in double beds. (laughs) I don't understand why. Right. But, you know, and most of the work, yeah, like most of the work took place in the fall, winter and spring. So the summer, 4th of July usually marked the end of what they call bark peeling season so they start peeling Maybe the, the bark
3: two to the beds was just to keep the body warmth then
2: i guess so i don't in know winters. Uh, a lot of wood in those woods but amen <laughs> <laughs> hey, so that was pretty cool they had a you know had a little blacksmith there and different shit but it was it was a lot cooler than i thought it was going to be you know it was one of those like pleasant surprises i i could have probably spent a, a whole day you know another whole day there just futzing around but yeah so just kind of doing that seeing the sights but i'm i'm getting itchy feet you know i'm getting to that point where it's like okay ready to get back to being productive
3: (laughs) now tom i imagine you probably had a hectic week leading up to your your um your big reveal or did you kind of already have it all set up beforehand where it was just kind of yeah i could tell i could tell that you're going to have some stories come out of that
4: (laughs) so so when did it launch tuesday <laughs> so yeah, I thought it launched so on Monday. Monday. On Monday, no Tuesday. Monday right, was okay. the fourth. Tuesday, Tuesday at noon. Oh. Tuesday was the
2: fifth. Yeah, gotcha.
4: yeah. Apparently, you're supposed to launch a Kickstarter between eight a.m. and and two p.m. on a Tuesday. I don't know that, why, but I did it. Must and, be a good uh, time
2: to post to Instagram uh, as well. Yeah,
4: I believe <laughs> the internet gods. So um, right. So that was Tuesday. Monday, I had sent Jocko like the final thing. Like the final preview. Yeah, and he goes, "I read it five times. Looks great. I haven't watched the video yet, but it's too late to change that anyway. I'll watch yeah, it later." I Monday love morning. The video, Monday morning always. at seven twenty-five. He sends me a text, and he goes, "I just watched the video. Why didn't you show me that sooner?"
2: No, no. <laughs> oh,
3: and
4: I go, and I know, like he's trying to be nice. Right. He's trying, mm-hmm. he's trying yeah. so hard. And he goes, he basically said, he was exaggerating, but w- for effect, he said, there's like a full minute before we see the products. And I went, <gasps> oh, oh God. It seems it so obvious. obvious. It was 22, 22 seconds. Now, but... but his point, w- and he, he said, he goes, you are losing people every second. Mm-hmm. Huh. I went, oh, my God, you're right. So now if you watch the video, it's four seconds and that voiceover. So 7.30, I call Graz. Graz makes uh, Graz yep, from... Yep. Yeah,
2: making um, fun, fame.
4: Oh, he makes knives. You all know him. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the the Venn diagram of the maker community is super right. And, and scary, right? <laughs> um, so he, I go, hey man uh do you think you can make any changes to the video this morning before the launch <laughs> and he was so cool so he responded immediately via text i was like at seven thirty, i didn't think he'd respond right away which which gave me permission to call him uh, right. but apparently that's not permission to call him i i'm pretty sure he was still in bed
2: right and, uh, <laughs> and he edited the video in bed <laughs>
4: Yeah, yeah. so I start talking to him, and, and I'm wired at this point, and I can tell he's like, uh, yeah. okay, send me, send me a text with what you just said. Right? And, <laughs> and, <I'm like>, <laughs> and he goes, he's he still goes yeah. He's still waking up. He's like, yeah, I think I can do it. So not, by 9.30, he had a, the, the video done, the video Man. that you saw, and I went, oh, my God, this is so much better. And I sent it to Jocko, and he goes, it's much better. Mm. So yeah. that was crazy.
2: Um, that's such a skill that I'm always so envious of is like people that that can like jump right into editing a video you know and, and can mm. so clearly see like the sto- the way to fix the storyline or just cuz I like I obsess over too many little shit in detail. It's mm. it's mind yeah. numbing to me. See, you know? that's
3: what my my day was today was editing YouTube videos. Oh and yeah, and I a lot of a lot of them. Like for instance, the one I finished up today that I'm gonna release on on Saturday is just making a a new version of the rebar shepherd's hooks. Yeah, and it's a very straightforward you know build process. So it's it's not a whole lot of decisions to make. But I started out with I think. 45 minutes of of um stuff like a video and it's all the way down to less than 10 minutes and it's just you just have to sit there and every and a lot of it is thinking you know dennis tyrell told me once like every single second if you're not entertaining somebody or getting right to it you're losing people like that that drop off of people is steep And the quicker, the quicker you get to, you know, working on something or explaining something or making something interesting, the quicker you can stem off that, that, you know, free fall of losing people.
2: You're right. Right. And I I feel like I get too, um, I get too caught up in the story or the instruction part, you know, and it's like, no, but if I don't tell them this, they won't know how to do that. And, you know, the biggest so I get thing really is voiceovers.
3: Yeah, Just explain it while you're doing it. Oh, I even Show, do that, them, show them what it is, and also oh, tell them while you're doing you it. You know me; you I don't shut watch, up. If you go watch the <laughs> Frogbot
4: video again, the voiceover yeah. was all a talking head before oh. the product. Mm-hmm. Nice. And yep. he basically took all. Oh, of that and then he footage stripped that and out and overlaid yeah. it. There yep. it is. And 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 saved it. Now I don't think. That I, I could have had no video, and I think day one would have gone very similar.
2: Yeah, right? probably. Do you because think most people, or the majority of the
4: people that bought,
2: uh, are are followers of yours and have followed on day story? one? On yeah. day
4: one, I think 100. percent.
2: Okay. Yeah.
4: Um. Uh. I don't think Kickstarter people even saw it sure. for a while. Okay. And, um, I think Kickstarter people will trickle in over time as yep. it. Hopefully, I need. How I need big... to gain traction again?
2: I was just say, how big do you need to? How much of a splash do you think you need to make to, you know, get some eyes turning from within Kickstarter?
4: Well, the next phase is kind of doing some advertising through an advertiser and like pay someone. But there's different ways of doing that. You don't just straight up pay them. A lot of them take like a forty percent cut for whatever Hmm. they track to you, um, which is like doable. Basically, uh, Jocko was saying he's like, oh, it's super rough. But he's he he basically said as long as you don't lose money they are going to increase volume which brings down costs and brings more attention so they're not just bringing like if they bring a thousand people to me it's going to carry 500 strangers to it also
2: right and then that that also does marketing
4: yeah right so there's a lot of there's a lot of pros and cons and um i got to talk to him more about what i'm actually going to do i have a meeting tomorrow with someone uh that will hopefully explain a few things but
2: we'll see. We'll see. It's exciting. It is, man. It's it's cool to see. Um, to me, it's it's just really cool to see the support from the maker community supporting yes. you know another maker who's legitimately doing it because I think we've all thought about doing something like that, right? Listen, they,
4: the maker community, just supported a guy with uh 2400 followers on Instagram. Right. And it's not even a maker product specifically. Right. <clears throat> it's right. not the it's not the maker knife. No. Right? You're right. So like this community is insane and I it is. freaking love it. I mean, we all love it. It's it's
2: Yeah. It's
4: a weird community for being this awesome. It is. And they all came out. They all came out and yeah. it's it's really cool.
2: It it is there's been several examples Of late right that that show the support that the maker community has and and we talk about it or have talked about it in the past uh something that doesn't get hit on all that much is the maker economy right the the economy surrounding all of us makers you know we might see a small window into it where we see oh total boat sales and uh you know other specific product sales but the reality is, I always use the example of face shields when COVID first started, mm-hmm. right? And yep. sold out of the fucking things everywhere. So what do the makers do? They start 3D printing them. They start right. 3D printing them to the extent that you literally can't buy fucking clear transparency film anywhere. You can't buy elastic band, you know, to put it around your head anywhere, right? And I think sometimes it's easy to forget that that economy that surrounds it um, so to to bring that back to a person in the community who actively supports others you know I think that's so incredible you know Brian House is another great example of that the guy supports the community left right center and every mm-hmm. chance he gets um, and the the community reaches out and supports him you know how many thousands of fucking grinders have people built you know and bought and so it's it is such a cool place I've not yet made it we've we've talked i've never made it to a maker event we the three of us have talked about trying to come back for maker camp mm-hmm. i don't know if we'll make it work this year or not but um, we gotta make it then we, we gotta, gotta get the trio it. together i know um it's gonna get tricky though because they're gonna start selling out here pretty soon i think i do think we it's almost good. went up jack and Let's i almost anyway. i know jack and i almost <laughs> went up to uh jimmy's like open thing, uh right? jimmy's uh uh go kart race yeah, on the I was seeing that. We were close. We were you know, and then my wife had a bunch of shit that we were supposed to do around here, but we were gonna get in the car and run. Come up on, no to the go kart race. <laughs> go see Jimmy
3: Dresser or do chores around the I know. whole house. Well, you chose it was more, chores? No,
2: uh, it was more go to parties and drink beer. <laughs> but we're only probably like five and a half hours from here up up there, but yeah. someday, someday, It'll I'm a happen. lot
4: closer than that, and I didn't make it there to this year, Yeah, but I blame
2: it on Frog Pod. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's a good thing to blame it on. Yeah, well, cool. Do we want to wrap up and call this guy an episode? Thank you.
4: Thank you for having me on. Dude, thank this you. We fun.
2: got We got really? hot off the press the uh, freshly yeah you got me uh, fresh
3: and exhausted freshly minted (laughs)
2: commander in chief (laughs) we'll we'll get you (laughs) your (laughs) keys to the plane we'll be in the mail
3: alright guys well we really appreciate you guys listening and watching us well you're not watching us but we're seeing
1: each other right now which is
3: why I said that I appreciate everybody who watch or listen damn it I'm bad at this why do you guys (laughs) have me on this show (laughs) Uh, you're (laughs) awesome alright guys well thank you very much Thank you all the Patreon yeah. people. We can't read it yeah, all we'll off to today because Brian list, uh, has all of the all of the list of people, but we appreciate you guys. And if you want to join our Patreon, it's just a dollar a month if you want to. Appreciate you all. Guys, thanks everybody. Everybody Thank go you. out there and work for it.
2: Yeah, or don't. Whatever. You know, don't give a hundred percent. Don't believe in yourself. I watched another artist that said he doesn't Rock believe Pod. in himself.
4: Yeah, frog frog pot. pot. I'd even do a frog pot. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Do it now. Do
3: it now.
2: Frog pot. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Come on.